As children, many imagine or pretend with friends what it might be like to be a king or a queen, the ultimate ruler of all. These days, it might be more the image of the superhero. Some of us may still daydream about such things, especially in terms of power or a desire to control things around us. Today, we celebrate the true king of the universe, Jesus Christ. His kingship and kingdom, however, as we heard just now in this gospel, are very different from our worldly understanding of kings and kingdoms. Jesus is a king who conquers not by force, aggression, or control, but through his gentle love, mercy, and self-sacrifice. The kingdom of Christ is, as we pray today in our Eucharistic prayer, which you will hear shortly, is a kingdom of truth and life, holiness and grace, justice, love, and peace. At every celebration of Mass, Jesus invites us to enter into a greater participation in his kingship and kingdom by seeking what he seeks and offering our lives to God as he did. This great feast today provides the perfect opportunity for us as we continue our year of the Eucharist and St. Joseph preaching series on the Mass, for today we focus upon the Lord's Prayer and the right of peace, which emphasize clearly our desire for and our necessary participation in Christ's kingdom. These parts of the Mass immediately follow the Eucharistic prayer and lead us in our final preparation to receive Christ, our King, in Holy Communion. The Lord's Prayer, or the Our Father, is very well known to us, of course. We pray it at every Mass, in every Rosary, a number of times, and perhaps in our own daily prayers, which could make it almost routine for us. That is one of the dangers of all uh, formula prayers. But this prayer is so important. It is the Word of God. It was on the very lips of Jesus. It reflects how Jesus prayed to God. It is how Jesus taught his disciples and us to pray. And Jesus still prays it with us now. No wonder then why the priest introduces it with the words, we dare to say. The words are very potent. If you really look at them closely, sometimes you might almost be reluctant to pray it. <laughs> That's how strong it really is. As the whole congregation prays this aloud together at Mass, the voice of Jesus and our voices become one praying to our Father. He is not distant or unknown. Our Father is personal and close. In calling God our Father, we are reminded of our identity as his daughters and sons and our call to image him and his desire for our world, our relationships, 
to be set right. We call upon our loving and caring Father in this prayer, asking that he provide everything we need in our journey of faith and free us from sin and evil so that we are able to manifest in our lives the kingdom of God, Christ's victory over sin and death, which we celebrate and experience now in the Mass as we await its fulfillment in Christ's second coming. As we pray for God's kingdom to come, through which his name will be glorified and his will done, we implore God's help, forgiveness, and forgiving others, protection from temptation and evil, and the gift of daily bread, most importantly and specifically, the Eucharist. Our praying of this prayer, therefore, finds its greatest meaning and importance at Mass. The Eucharist strengthens us against sin and empowers us to show forth Christ's kingdom in our lives. Every other praying of the Our Father should point us to Mass and the Eucharist. The Lord's Prayer leads into the priest restating our desire that we be delivered from evil, all that prevents our communion with God and others, and we prepare for, as we prepare for and await Christ's return in glory. This focus and importance of the Our Father in preparing for communion was likened by St. Augustine to the washing of one's face before approaching the altar of God. Together, everyone concludes the prayer of the priest and the petitions in the Our Father by offering praise to the Father for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. The rite of peace immediately follows this, emphasizing once again that Christ's kingdom is one of communion and peace, a peace that the world cannot give or achieve on its own. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ, the priest addresses the central prayer of this rite directly to Christ, asking that he grant us and our world his peace, just as he offered it after his resurrection. The peace of Christ is what we, the body of Christ, express and share with one another prior to receiving Christ in the Eucharist. It is not some kind of common greeting or well wishes, but divine. Through this rite, the risen Christ greets us in his body, the church. So this action is to be done with reverence, for Christ is preparing us through each other to encounter and receive him in the Eucharist. I was kind of reflecting that the, our experience with COVID protocols and not being able to be, uh, how to put it, huggy and kissy, for the uh, sign of peace, it really did bring back uh, the focus of what that sign really is. It's not about our greetings to one another. It's the peace of Christ be with you. And the directive really is that it be more reverent and really mindful of this powerful uh, greeting. 
another um, sub-point, if you will, because I know the history of this, because I was around when the Second Vatican Council happened, um, that when this sign of peace was brought back into the liturgy, it had been lost for centuries, there was a very curious d debate about where it should be placed. Uh, because again, it was being brought back and it, you know. So the research basically said there were two main options. One, of course, is where it now is placed, right before communion. But the other, almost equal choice option um, is very interesting. It would be placed before the preparation of the gifts. And the reason for that was very simple, because there's a scripture text that says, if you have anything against anybody, you leave your gift at the altar. You go reconcile, then you come back and offer your gift. So that sign of peace is a sign of reconciliation. It's a sign of mercy and forgiveness. To, again, get rid of any blocks that might be present for us to enter into full communion. Uh, an interesting reflection, again, to help us to understand the meaning of the sign. As we celebrate this feast of Christ the King, may we pray the Lord's Prayer with new fervor and share Christ's peace with newfound charity so that when we approach him at communion, we may more surely recognize and counter and receive the King of Kings. <laughs>